0: Ahoy, Shock Fantasy fans! This is Matt Harrison, and before the show begins, I have three jobs for you. First, please take a look at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the Shock Fantasy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Second, wherever you're listening, give me a rating and a review for the show. If you include your Twitter handle in the review, we might send you something fun in the mail. We do that periodically. And third, if you haven't yet subscribed to the season pass of Shock Fantasy you should. You get 365 days of the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which gives you stats and info to set all of your weekly lineups, including DFS lineups. The Redraft and Dynasty trade value charts, so you never get taken to the cleaners in a trade. Our waiver wire content each week, the Super Bowl, Thanksgiving, and NFL Draft Prop Bet Games, so you can make friendly wagers with your family and friends at the most important football gatherings. And preseason cheat sheets for basically every kind of fantasy football imaginable. You'd be getting those for next year now. All of that curated, color-coded data comes to you for only $40 for a full year. That's 76.9 cents per week. But if you act now and use the promo code AIRBEAR... You get the whole year for only 25 bucks. That's promo code AirBear A-I-R-B-E-A-R for those of you who are brave spellers. Enter that at checkout and we'll knock off $15. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Greetings, it's Tuesday, October 12th. My name is Matt Harrison. This is the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the podcast for all of you who are new, all of you who are old. You know, all of you. Uh, wanted to mention uh, follow us on Twitter at shock fantasy at explosive output and reminder to rate and review the podcast did send out a couple of stickers to people last week who went in on Apple podcasts and rated and reviewed that sucker. That's kind of fun. like to give out stickers to people. Everybody likes sticky paper. Uh, would also love for you guys to visit the shop at shock com and, you know, order a t-shirt. Maybe you go to uh get the shock fantasy football guy t-shirt, which I'm wearing right now. It's pretty soft and and delightful. Uh, we also have Colin McCockney t-shirts that are available on our shop. Uh, that ships through bonfire. They're shipped as, uh, on demand, ready to go. So you get it in about a week and a half and, uh, pretty cool. Lots of different colors to choose from. I highly suggest that you go grab one of those t-shirts All right, let's get into the waiver wire for week six, but we start with the Todd Heap Memorial Injury Report. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow went to the hospital with a neck-slash-throat contusion. Now, remember, a contusion means a bruise. He should still end up starting in week six. He's already been released from the hospital. That was precautionary. Uh, Bears quarterback Justin Fields looked like he might have hyperextended his leg early in the game, but he came back to play the rest of the game. Might get some rest and practice this week while they monitor his knee. Might swell up a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones was concussed in the game and is in the concussion protocol right now, as was Taysom Hill, who was concussed and carted off of the field. That's not a good thing for him. Uh, He should probably be back in time for week seven. The Saints are off this week. They are on a bye. Uh, Giants running back Saquon Barkley sprained his ankle pretty significantly. There's some shots of it on uh, on Twitter and uh, video and stuff where the swelling was big and bad and burly right away in that uh, in that contest. Depending on the severity of the ankle injury, we're looking at anywhere from a week to several months. So we'll see how this goes for Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. You know, managers—they got to be just feeling bad about all of this for years and years. It's just been—it's been terrible. I haven't been able to get him on the field and healthy for a long period of time. Uh, let's see. Next guy is Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Elair, who suffered a sprained MCL. He will miss a few weeks. This one could linger a little while too. So uh, keep an eye on that one. We'll talk about more on this running back situation a little bit later. Uh, Patriots running back, Damian Harris left in the third quarter with a rib injury. He did end up coming back, but often with these rib injuries, the guys come back in the game and then they sit out practice a little bit next week to try to heal up. It's possible he could miss the next game, but, uh, keep an eye on Damian Harris this week, Washington wide receiver, Curtis Samuel, his pesky groin injury from the beginning of the season is back and he likely misses a couple of weeks at the minimum. In redraft leagues, he's droppable right now. You can drop Curtis Samuel in a redraft league. Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay, he left the game against the Cowboys with a knee injury. Looked like a a hyperextension of the minor variety, but those can still be significant with the bruising and and, uh, all the ligaments and, and fun stuff in there in that knee area. Kenny G could miss a couple of weeks. That's not good for the wide receiver room, but there's a wide receiver we want to talk about later in the show. and. We'll get to that Steelers wide receiver, Juju Smith Schuster. He is out for the season with a shoulder injury, having surgery on an AC joint injury. Uh, Lions wide receiver, Quintez Cephas. I think he has the same injury as Juju, but we're waiting on official word from the lions on what his prognosis is. Saints wide receiver, Deontay Harris was a guy I liked a lot last week. Uh, Hamstring strain uh, should be back after their bye week in week six. And Cardinals tight end Max Williams. Looks like he might be done for the year with a potential ACL injury. We're waiting on the final diagnosis there, but uh, not looking good for Max Williams. Uh, as I mentioned, before we get into the uh, the positions, the Falcons, the Saints, the Jets, and the 49ers are on bye this week. So uh, you're going to have to... If you got a couple of those players on your roster, you're going to have to maybe pick up a few people here and there. Let's start with the quarterback Trevor Lawrence is 46% rostered. He's coming off a top 12 fantasy quarterback finish in week five throwing for 273 into score, adding in 28 yards and a score on the ground. The Jags are starting to design a little more mobility, a little more planned runs into Lawrence's game, which will help him nab some more fantasy points down the line. This week, he gets a Miami team in London who's allowing 305 yards and 2.4 touchdowns per game through the air Tom Brady just tore this team up last week. If Lawrence is still available in your league, I dropped 7% on Lawrence, and he's a great start this week. Tua Tungavailoa, 20% owned right now. He looks like he's set to return from his rib injury just in time for his trip across the pond to foggy London town. This is mostly about the matchup as the Jags are allowing 296 yards and a score and a half per game through the air to opposing quarterbacks with Atlanta and Houston on the schedule in two of the next three weeks. Tua should be startable for three of his next four. So I'd throw a 3% bid on Tua. Carson Wentz is 10% rostered right now. On Monday night, he carved up the Ravens defense to the tune of 402 yards and two touchdowns. It's a good time to acquire Wentz to be a bi-week helper for you down the line. The next few weeks have him facing the Texans, the 49ers, the Titans, the Jets, and the Jaguars. The Niners are the only team that really gives you pause there and where he might not have a starting grade or a very plus matchup. 3% bid on Wentz right now. Taylor Heineke. He's 14% rostered. He's like a a take-a-chance-on-me preview right here as Heineke gets the Chiefs this week. The defense that... Is in the bottom five in basically every statistical pass defense category, allowing 301 yards and almost three passing scores per game. It will only cost you a buck or two to pick up Heineke. And if you need a guy for this week, he's very startable. Uh, Geno Smith is the last guy I want to mention. He's only 1% rostered. He will be in for Russell Wilson for the next month, if not longer, after Russ had the thumb injury and the surgery. Uh, Looked pretty okay in relief until a miscommunication with a wide receiver. Cost a bad pick for the Seahawks, and they did not get the chance to come back in that game against the Rams on Thursday night. Coming up for the Seahawks on the schedule, uh, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Jacksonville, then their bye week. Those sound tougher than they are. So Geno's probably a low-grade startable quarterback, even this week against the Steelers, who are allowing 272 passing yards per game. They're not easy to run against, but you can pass against the Steelers. In a single quarterback league, he probably shouldn't be picked up. In super flex leagues, it will likely cost you a little bit more. For instance, if all the starting quarterbacks in your league are rostered and sitting on somebody's bench, you'll probably have to drop like 10% on Geno. But if that's not the case, only 2 or 3% should get it done on Geno Smith. And briefly, don't pick up Mike Glennon. Even if Daniel Jones can't go, they get the Rams this week. That's not a good matchup. Let's move on. Running back. Oh yeah. Daryl Williams is the the hot ticket right now. He's 13% rostered because CEH looks like he's going to miss an extended period of time. So why wouldn't you want the running back on one of the best offenses in the league? Breathe in. Well, I'll tell you. We all said the same thing about Clyde and that really hasn't worked out. Has it? I mean, has it? He's been okay, but he's definitely well below expectation. And if CEH is below expectation, why is Daryl Williams nothing more than a change of pace guy, averaging six touches per game? And how do we know that Jarek McKinnon isn't involved more? And I think he will be. Or how do we know that they just don't completely give up on the run, which they very well could? The next three weeks for Kansas City are Washington football team, then the Titans, then the Giants, none of which are even considered average against the pass So I think it's going to be some heavy passing weeks for the Chiefs here. Someone in your league is going to drop 20% on Daryl Williams. It's a mistake. If you want a piece of this running game, go grab Jarek McKinnon for 4%. Or maybe the sneaky move is grabbing Marlon Mack, who is 7% rostered, was featured a little bit on Monday night against the Ravens. He has demanded a trade from the Colts. And I'm seeing that the Chiefs are already kicking the tires on Mac, and it's possible that he's the starting running back in Kansas City or maybe someplace like Baltimore in the next few weeks. Now, if he ends up in KC, it's not outlandish to think that he could be a better player in that offense than Clyde. Now, we hope he does not get traded before the waivers run in your league because then the price will skyrocket. But right now, you can probably get Marlon Mack for around 2% or 3%, and it's a very savvy speculative ad if you can grab him right now and stash him on your roster. Devontae Booker is 6% roster right now. He will slot in for the injured Saquon Barkley, at least for this week against the Rams, if not longer. Problem is, it could be a lineup consisting of Mike Glennon, Kadarius Toney, and John Ross as the major players this week as the Giants are just so injured. Uh, the Rams are a middle-of-the-pack run defense right now, allowing 135 total yards and a score per game to the running back position. And they actually haven't faced crazy tough backfields yet. David Montgomery and John Jonathan Taylor are the high end. But since then, it's been the Tampa stable of runners, Arizona split backfield, and the Seattle running backs without Chris Carson – So they're probably a worse run defense than we think. Uh, So he's worth a stab this week at about 12% if you need a runner for the next few weeks, especially if you're a Saquon owner. I think Devontae Booker's probably worth having on rosters. A guy I really don't think is worth having on rosters is Alex Collins. Uh, I don't think Chris Carson will go this week either for the Seahawks with the neck injury. So Alex Collins likely gets the start. Unfortunately, it's against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh who hasn't allowed a running back rushing touchdown on the season yet. Then Carson might be back for New Orleans in week seven, but that's also a very good run defense. So Alex Collins probably isn't startable on that one either. So this is just one big cluster and you should not bid on Alex Collins. Uh, briefly wanted to mention AJ Dillon has posted back-to-back RB2 numbers and is still available in about 40% of leagues. I picked him up in one of my leagues where he was available last week. He's probably the most... Valuable backup runner in the league if the player in front of him gets hurt. There's nobody whose value will skyrocket more than AJ Dillon's if Aaron Jones or any starting running back gets hurt. He will he will just bump up. Obviously, A.J. Dillon, if Aaron Jones gets hurt, you know, obviously, but uh and and he's also chipping in right now, anyway, as a change of pace guy. So uh two startable weeks in a row that he had. So uh, go go grab AJ Dillon if he's still available in your league. All right, moving on. Wide receiver. Uh, Devontae Parker is 51% rostered. He missed week five with a hamstring injury, but they called it hamstring soreness, not a strain, not a pulled muscle. So he likely returns this week in London against the Jaguars with, in all likelihood, Tua back at quarterback. He's averaging eight targets per game. He's had seven, nine, seven, nine targets per game. That's good. Uh, That's good enough for being a top 20 Uh, wide receiver in the league among targets per game. Uh, He's very startable this week against a Jags team that's allowing 200 yards per game to the wide receiver position. That's seventh most in the league, 5% blind bid on Devontae Parker if he's available in your league. You might even be able to get him cheaper since he didn't play last week, and he's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Somebody who is in sight and in mind is Kadarius Toney, who's still only 14% rostered. Literally might be the only guy left on the Giants offense come Sunday against the Rams. My guess is that the Rams have Jalen Ramsey tail Tony a bit more than he's probably used to, especially if Galladay, Shepard, and Slayton can't go. Uh, He's shown some burst in the last two weeks, including 13 targets, 10 catches, and 189 yards against Dallas last week. Uh, He very much deserves to be rostered. So I'd throw down 7% on Kadarius Tony. Emmanuel Sanders is 61% rostered right now. It's a little bit on the higher end from what we normally do in the Waiver Wire podcast, but uh, he's currently the highest-scoring wide receiver on the Bills over Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley, both of whom are rostered more. It helps that he's scored four times in five games, but an average of six targets and 65 yards is pretty palatable, and Josh Allen keeps throwing touchdown passes. So uh, I'd throw throw a bid down on Emmanuel Sanders if he's available in your league. He might even be worth trading for in some leagues. Briefly, James Washington—he uh, now has a spot for the rest of the season with Juju out. Uh, if your league is deep enough, you could throw a buck on James Washington and Jarvis Landry's roster percentage dipped, dipped not dimped, dipped to 68 uh, percent, and Landry should be back very soon. Uh, One of his teammates is at this position. Tight end. And that's David Njoku. He's emerging as the tight end you want to have on Cleveland's roster. A huge week will do that. Uh, It'll open a lot of eyes. Seven catches, 149 yards, and a score last week against the Chargers in that big shootout. The consistency has been a little funky for Njoku and the Cleveland tight ends, though. But maybe that monster game opened up the eyes of the Browns staff, the coaching staff, maybe Baker Mayfield, too. He did log three catches and 76 yards in the season opener against the Chiefs. So it seems like he's heavily utilized in those high-scoring affairs. It was a big, big game against the Chiefs. It was a big game against the Chargers. Uh, This could be one of those matchups, too, this week against the Cardinals. Unfortunately, the Cardinals have been the best tight end defense in the league for well over a year. If you're streaming tight ends... This is probably not the week to pick him up and start him, but if you've got a lot of bench depth and you're you know, playing around with the tight end position every week, you could probably throw 3% down on him. And if they get in another big game shootout, Njoku's probably worth a start then. The tight end I do want to pick up, and a guy that I picked up a couple times uh, in the last few weeks is Hunter Henry of the Patriots. Um, touchdowns in back-to-back games. Eight targets, six catches, 75 yards through the air last week. He seems as healthy as he's ever been. It's also a decent matchup this week against the Cowboys where the Pats should really have to try to keep up offensively with the Cowboys. Dallas is allowing the seventh most receiving yards per game to the tight end position at 66 per and have allowed three touchdowns through the first five games to tight ends. So he's worth 6% in my book. I think he has a chance to be that next tight end that you're sad you didn't pick up earlier. I mean, guys that we've mentioned in the last few weeks, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, I think Hunter Henry might be one of those guys that you're a little sad that you haven't picked up in the, in the last few weeks. So uh yeah, go get him. Go get Hunter Henry. That's it. That's the waiver wire podcast for today. Again, if you want to go back and read any of this, uh, that article is available on shockfantasy.com uh promo code oh man what's my promo code you know what i put a promo code in the in the ad at the beginning of the show yeah there's a i, I don't remember air bear that's what it is air bear promo code uh gets you 15 dollars off a shock fantasy subscription uh brings it down to only 25 bucks for a year that's you know less than two bucks a month and we do stuff all year round there's there's fun little things here and there on shock fantasy all the time so i i appreciate everybody who has uh, taken the time to uh, subscribe to Shock Fantasy. You know, keeping the boat afloat. Uh, Also, go get a t-shirt. Everybody loves t-shirts. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. That's it. I'll talk at you next time. Uh, Next podcast will be tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye.